you, you have to look at little things like this as a landlord, right? Mm -hmm. Where if you just see a building and it's making money, you don't just walk away from it. Look to yourself and say, hey, right at the outset, what can I do that may be minor, but will make my property a better property? Welcome, 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 welcome to The Remix, the video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Fryson. And I'm Eric Anderson, and today we're gonna to talk about how to get extra value of, out of mixed-use properties, how to identify areas of um, cash generation. But first, let's introduce our other panelists, our power panelist, Nima Mary with Mary Law Firm. Welcome, 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 welcome. I He's just our legal you eagle. Knowledge. Right. So today we're going to talk about how to find hidden value in a mixed use rental property. That's my specialty. I love mixed use rental properties. That's pretty much all that I buy. And we're going to talk about a specific property that our friend on the power panel just bought, uh, Mr. Nima Ameri. So I'm going to set it up because clack, I sold clack. it to you. So let me tell him what it is. So it's a mixed use rental property. It has four apartments and one retail and a really, really, really big parking lot. And um, it has a lot of uh, red tape and a lot of hair on this deal. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff. And I like to say that I find all the value on everything. Um, but there's something that I missed on this deal. And uh, Nima found it. So I'm kind of like pissed at myself for not finding it. But in any event, Nima, tell us why you bought this rental property. What excited you about it? So let's walk through the process, right? Um, Eric comes to me. He knows I'm, I'm interested in looking for these properties. And he says, look, I've got this property. But he didn't really think I'd want it. So uh, actually, no, what happened was Eric was showing it to someone else. And we were on the phone, right? As my wife likes to say, he's my boyfriend. Um, and he's like, oh, I got to show this property. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. And he told me about it. I'm like, oh, I want it. I'll buy it. And, you know, Eric also, Eric is a nice yin to my yang where he understands I'm impulsive. And I'm like, all right, well, if you really want it, tell me you really want it. I'm like, no, I really want it. Give me the numbers. So Eric gives me the numbers. I crunch the math. And the numbers don't make sense. Um, is the property worth it? Yes, but this is we've talked about this in other podcasts, right? You can you as an operator can actually hurt the value of your own property. Like it can be worth it, but people won't buy it because you've hurt the value. And this landlord hurt the value of the property. So I or someone like Eric or other people were able to are able to move in on a deal. So I think Noel. How did the landlord? How hurt did the, the value? Right. So oh, Noel right. wants to know how it hurt the value. Let yeah. me just give one example before you get there. There's a commercial tenant, and this commercial tenant was a um, like a, a salon. And during the marketing of this property, I specifically said to the landlord, "Do not sign any new leases." Okay, because as everybody knows from from having past discussions here, the the rental income is what controls the value of your property. It, it controls how you can get a mortgage in the property. It controls so many things. So um, when we took on the marketing of this property, the, the the commercial tenant had maybe eight months to a year left. So during our negotiation and during our marketing process, the landlord behind my back signed how many years was it like a three-year lease or something four years. a four-year oh, lease God. the property uh, sucked even before that yeah and now she made it worse because she just took out all the potential mm -hmm. so the way that we sell stuff is we show 
what is your potential future growth in rents? And, you know, for, for me to go to Nima and say, look, the rent doesn't work today because it's a thousand dollars a month. But when I tell him that in six months, he could raise it to 1500, all well, of a sudden he, he gets right. interested in something like that. But what this landlord did is they just locked themselves through another four years and they screwed up everything. So it was even worse than that. But you still bought it. Yeah, we're so, getting there. We're getting so we're getting there. So I do the numbers. I say, Eric, this pro uh, the property also had a slight environmental issue. So what does that tell me as an investor? Right off the bat, I know that I've now eliminated 98% of my competition, right? A lot of you guys who watch this podcast, we're in the real estate game, you know, you're paper tigers, right? You know what you're doing, paper but you're, you're leveraged, right? You're all on loan basis. You need bank financing. And that's great. You can amass a fortune doing that. Right, not a lot of people, yeah. and there's a lot of you guys who watch this. There's a lot of people out there who can, but there's a much smaller percentage of people who can write big checks, right? And a property that already has an environmental issue is going to require remediation. And so <clears throat> what was the environmental issue? I missed it. Um, it, we don't know 100%, but it failed to phase one, right? Okay. So, no bank will lend on a property mm -hmm. that's failed to phase one now. Okay. When I say no bank, there's exceptions. You can get insurance for it. I don't know if people even do that, but for the general rule is once you have a phase one, you can't get bank financing until it's resolved. The seller doesn't have the funds to resolve it. She's not a good operator, right? I don't even think she's making money on the property. I think she's doing it at a loss. Yeah. Sweet lady, just not an operator. Yeah. And most buyers don't know what to do with environmental issues, so they just walk away. That so, makes sense. So now that it has to be a predominantly cash purchase, I have eliminated, in my opinion, 98% of the competition. So I go in with a cash offer of about $80,000 under ask. How much was it under ask? About 80,000. About 80,000. Yeah. Okay. Eric's like like that's low. When I do the numbers, I say, "Listen, Eric, like here's a rent roll." And Eric tells me, "Well, this is what you can get in rent." And my answer But is, not for 4 years. Well, I didn't know we the didn't lease know that yet. Uh, right? Okay. Cuz we were but, still I was still working under the assumption. existing lease structure that I was given and the assumption that this seller knew that we thought there were listen. no leases. They were yeah. all expired mm -hmm. other than maybe one year on the yes, on the, barbershop. On the barbershop. It gets far worse. So so fast forward, and my response always is, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. So you can't base a purchase off of what the property will be, right? You guys as investors are stupid if you do that because you're basically giving free money to this operator who didn't bring the value of that property and you're gonna pay them at a value that you're gonna have to do the work to get to, right? Never buy a property thinking it's worth this much because I can put the money in. It's worth what it's generating that day for that seller. That's, that's what it should be worth. However, not all deals go that way. No, Sometimes sellers won't let it go. <laughs> no, but you know what? Yeah. Most sellers, most smart institutional investors who will survive up and down economies- Are gonna buy the way he said, yes. right? We so buy you're buying the, what it's worth, what it's making. This is. Look, I'll give you an example. You go see a car. It was just in a bad accident. You think to yourself, once this car's fixed up, it's worth a hundred grand, right? Seller says, once it's fixed up, it's worth a hundred grand. So I'm going to sell it to you for seventy. You're going to say, well, it's all fucked up now. I'll pay you thirty for it. Yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. you want me to pay thirty, then put my money. Like yeah. if you think it's worth a hundred and go you're going to sell it to me for seventy, look, why don't you do this? You put forty of your own money into it. Get it worth 70 and I'll buy it from you for 100 because now I got no headache. Sure. Right? right? If you're gonna take on the headache, buy buy it at the discount. So I refused to budge. I had a number, it was set. I said, this is yes. what it's worth today. I said, Eric, <coughs> no one's gonna buy this. And wait, Nima will walk away. 
You, I did you, walk away. He, he is not a bluffer. He's not trying to like, you know, emotional. Well, he might be trying to emotionally mess with you, but. I may be will, a bluffer, <laughs> but then like. I, he will walk I'll away. mind war myself because right. I, Eric will know I really want it, but then I'll fight with myself not to really <laughs> want it, but I'll really still want it. It's a, I'm a complex person. And understand we had a lot of challenges trying to sell this property. So it's not like we ran to Nima because I know what a challenge it is to sell him anything. Well, it, he was not my first <laughs> choice, but the seller really wanted to move the property. So we had, it was on the market for large, quite some time. Yeah. And it's not like Eric went and pushed my offer. They rejected my offer the first time. Oh, they yes. did. Yeah. Okay. And Eric's like, do you want to go up? I think this is a great property. It was a great property. Eric's like, this is a great property. Do you want to go up? And I said, no. I said, no one's going to buy this property. Come back to me when she's ready to sell. Fast forward about three months, maybe four months, and property still hasn't sold. Yep. Now, at this point, we had actually <coughs> offers that were higher than his, but what happened was um, once the environmental issues came to play, uh. then the people pulled out. So let's say we had an offer. They, they literally dropped below where he came in, maybe thirty or forty thousand dollars below. Once they found out there was an environmental issue, so right. yeah, as a as a as an agent, you have to be really careful that you understand what your seller understands, because people come out there and they negotiate price strategies and price points and say they're going to buy something, but if you don't know that they know about the environmental issue and that if they don't understand it, they're really giving you a fake price. So you have to be careful with that. And I'll say this: Eric may be my friend. But Eric didn't, he, what's the best way to word this? Because I don't want to say you did anything bad to me, but throughout all of this, <laughs> no, Eric always advocated for the seller. So, and I will but get- that's his job. That's, that's mm -hmm. his job. And that, I respected that. Right. Like one time Eric tried to put lipstick on a pig and be like, oh, look what I did for you. And I'm like, excuse my language, bitch, please. Like, I was like, I was like, you, like who do you think I'm, I'm an idiot? I was born yesterday. I was like, you made the better deal for your client, but it's also a good deal for me. Okay. And we'll get to that. So that's why I respect Eric. He really knows what he's doing. <clears throat> he wasn't like, oh, you're my Aww. boy. Let me get you a deal. He told me F off on the first time around. Fast forward four months later, I said, listen, this is my number. And it was about even $10,000 less. Now, now, I still had no idea the issues with due diligence that I was going to run into. But notwithstanding, I've always said this in the podcast. This is what my father told me. He goes, Nima, it doesn't matter what cycle you are in an economy always buy a property where you can make money in the worst economy yes and you can make even more money in the best economy don't <clears throat> chase things it's okay to walk away yeah and he's always right and when i was younger i was like it's impossible you can't put these numbers he would make the deals happen because he had the checkbook mm. and at the end of the day when people need to sell they cash. Can sell if you have cash or you have the way to do it yes so so and especially because no one's going to touch it with environmental <coughs> well they may Less but people. nobody did yeah okay. so and she wanted to sell so fast forward a couple months later eric and i are at the property again i said eric we're just there i said fuck it i want to do this i want to do this deal i was like make this happen i was like here's my number eric walks off right to make his call to the seller obviously because he wants to raise my number up for her because that's his job Right, but he also understands that he has to give me something in return for going to a higher number because I wouldn't do it. I was very firm at this point now for five months plus, where I'm like, "This is my number." So Eric comes back and he goes, um, and he, he created a creative solution which was good for both of us, which you're good at. So effectively, I would buy it for eighty percent of the purchase price, cash down. I'm just using random numbers, and they would sell or finance the balance. Um, it wasn't. Uh, at a high interest rate or any, <coughs> anything, but they got a little bit more money 
-hmm. right? And in return, and can I say what you did that you thought was cute and creative and that I was Dumbo? So you I never, was first cute. of all, I never uh, thought you were Dumbo. Let me tell you guys this. I let me tell, let me tell the podcasters, watch him blush. I want, to, I want a camera on him because you'll see him blush. So he comes to me and I, I offered X dollars. He goes, I got you. Nima, he goes, Nima, I'm going to do one better for you. And I was ready to buy cash at that number. He goes, it's going to be a little bit higher, right? But she's going to finance a small portion and it's interest free. I looked at him being like, okay, no problem. I was like, that sounds good. Let's do it. Lock it up, right? Now, on one hand, that is still good for me, right? Because at the end of the day, any amount of finance, I could put that money into the building for immediate for repairs. Mm -hmm. But what was really funny for me was it's not interest-free if I'm paying more money, right? <laughs> so right. if I'm paying X amount of dollars more, that's basically the interest I'm paying on the money that I otherwise would have bought. <laughs> we, needed, <laughs> we, wanted to, we wanted to hit certain numbers. Right. Uh, for the seller, you made it a win-win. It's listen, all about the win-win. I'm going to give you ten dollars, mm -hmm. or it can be right, fifteen dollars interest-free. Just stop. So this <laughs> this was it. a way this was a way to get both parties comfortable with mm -hmm. the transaction, so we could move forward. He it, made a deal happen. Yeah. I was mm -hmm. stubborn and I was stuck on this is my number. Seller said I'm not going below this number. He found a creative solution to say, look, Nima, it makes sense for you to give this number because at the end of the day. Right, it's still paid out seller financing. You're still, I'm still not deploying that capital, which has value, and the seller is getting the number she wants in a manner where she's comfortable with. It helped Eric her with her taxes. Happy. It helped her get some more money. It just helped all across. 000. It helped all across the board. It both cut parties. her losses. Yeah. Her monthly, like that property was losing money on a yes. monthly mm. basis. Yeah. So it cut her losses. It cut her headache. Yeah. So this is why I respected Eric, where he didn't push my number. He could have done that, and he didn't. He advocated for his seller. He understood where I was out as a buyer, and it didn't change the fact that I was his friend, right? To, to say that, <coughs> look, this is, I'm gonna try to get the best deal for my seller. And honestly, I really do respect you for that, right? Like, Thank that, you. like, I tried to do that I, for I, I wasn't like, oh, Eric, get me a deal. Like, I, knew <laughs> I wouldn't that, get it for you. No, I knew yeah. that Eric first, he went out there to try to get yeah. deals from other people, and it had nothing to do with the commission. Like, we're not, it's not a $10 million property. So, the, the commission structure we're talking about, this was moot. Now, what Eric didn't realize is he, Eric gave me some hypothetical numbers. He said, look, your rent is this. You could get it up to this. Meanwhile, right, Eric, well, I, I, what I love about Eric is Eric is a nice vanilla box, right? He does things in the most proper way possible. Not that I do things improperly, but I'm looking at this thing like, like I'm in a like goddamn octagon, not a box, right? <laughs> and All right, so let me set the stage before you tell them what you did. Okay, you're going to get All the right. pole? The pole, the pool. Set the stage. The pool. We, we go dance because bands to make. I don't dance. even know what that means. So, <laughs> there. So we're going to talk about some of the different ways. So first, we showed you some ways to get to to the acquisition of the property, and finding some value where we did the seller financing, where we tweaked some of the things there. Can I just say something yeah. about that? So this is why we have real estate agents. This is why you guys go to school and you get your license and you see credits and you learn with your brokers because. If you hadn't been the person there, this would have never happened. The deal would have never happened. Because oh, I would have offended so many people. Well, you well, would yeah. have gotten the property and it, would, it wouldn't have sold. So, But that's, yeah. why, that's why this profession is so important. Don't ever let anyone tell you that real estate agents aren't important. This is why. And it's also good agents. Good you agents. have a yes. shit agent. Yeah. Yes. Like if you had a shit third party agent, 
you would get nowhere. You, can't, you, have, you have to go with commercial experience, commercial agents yep. to do commercial properties, and you have to go with reputable commercial companies, not residential companies pretending to be commercial because it just doesn't work. I have 20 years of experience. I learned how to do all this stuff, and um, these are some of the things we're going to share. So back to the hidden value. So um, once I found out doing due diligence that this lease was changed and it was extended for four years, I was really frustrated because I thought it was going to pull the, the. We haven't even gone there yet. Talk about talk about the fact that the, like there was no contingencies. Now, guys, we now we're both locked into a committed deal where Eric also negotiated very limited inspection provisions, sure. structural. Which, yes. by the way, I never even at my numbers, and I'll say this a thousand times: the numbers I buy properties at, I truly don't ever need to inspect because no matter what is wrong with that property. Right, I'm still in the go. However, Nemo also has a background of con construction to a degree. An average okay. person who doesn't have that shouldn't. You do. You grew up in it. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I know. Yeah. All right. I don't so expect now, either, but I know the, what I'm doing. One of the due diligence was they had to yeah. finally turn over the leases. Throughout all of this, I kept asking Eric, Eric, get me the leases, get me the leases, and he kept asking the client and. They well, we had the lease. Leases. We had the old lease. Was she I, being I got, like, like one bullshit was she lease? Being that was like a year old lease. We had one lease. I it's honestly five don't units. think she had all her pieces together. She, okay. you know, she wasn't a professional property manager. She had inherited Sweet the property. Sweet woman, but nice she was getting person. eaten alive by these people. Yeah, I want to know who this is. But go ahead. No, they were not doing her right. She's a good person, but right. they. So just, let me tell them what it I, takes some grit. Right. So, I consider myself an expert, but sometimes we do too. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> sometimes it pays to have different. I'm so. I was so close to this property, trying to sell it for over a year that sometimes things blur <laughs> and it's always good to have a second set of eyes. So during the process, when we did, when Nima was doing his due diligence and we were pulling out the leases and then all of a sudden a new lease was discovered. And that's when I thought we were all screwed because it, the deal was going to die because the lease extended this ridiculously low rate for four another four years. years right? So that just oh, everyone got a lease. It yep. was like lease Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the lady yeah. you're on pay rent. Fucking here's an extension. You too. Yeah. <laughs> here's another year and a half. So did, the the did, landlord did somehow produced leases that were not there. We, did she have any idea that that was shooting herself I, in the foot? I told her I'm pretty direct, and I said, do not enter into any new lease. Everybody got a new lease. It was, so was she just being a dick? I don't lease Hanukkah. I don't, Every day everybody I don't, got a new I lease. I feel sometimes sometimes people that don't have experience they get pressured. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the one lease I want to specifically talk about is um, the commercial lease. So mm -hmm. I was real. That was really where I expected to have a really nice bump in rent. I didn't expect it in other areas, which we'll get to. But um, we saw this transaction completely differently. Yeah. Eric and I. Eric looked at this one store frontage, and Eric said, "You can get your value add because this place is worth about fifty percent more." Mm -hmm. okay. Right. And for me, that was the least important aspect of how I viewed this property. So you was, were looking at the rentals upstairs. I don't. I, we'll I talk about that. But, I, but you didn't. You never let me in on that part of it. But anyway, I couldn't have because I also knew that if Eric knew, I knew he would try to get me to pay more for the property. I love you, but dude, I I saw it. I, okay, you were, but that, that's your that job. Still remains to be seen. But no, right. that was your job. Yes, that your job was to advocate for the seller. And yes. When I realized, guys, this is really important. I, honestly, I consider Eric like a brother. Like we talk all the time throughout the day. But I knew that Eric's character and his professional conduct, right, would not transgress into our friendship. Mm -hmm. This is very interesting. I knew that although I was Eric's friend, Eric would not breach his duty to his client, which was the seller, even as a dual agent, for my benefit because I was his friend. And if I let Eric know, and 
I hope you're not offended by this. I'm not offended. If I, I knew I'm glad I didn't know. that if I told Eric what I had in mind, that Eric would not have fought to get that deal happening because he would know how much more money I would make out of this property. So I actually withheld information from my friend and agent because I knew that that would affect his ability or but his you're allowed desire. to do that. Of course I, I I'm think, allowed to. Yeah, but I'm, no I'm saying even as might, a friend, just, even as sure, a friend, also, you're separating your friendship from business, which right. makes so much sense. Well, I also, had to because Eric yeah. would. Sure, also Nima is an attorney, as you know. Right. So he has more power to do things than a non-attorney would because he can do attorney stuff for himself without having to pay for but it. This wasn't even attorney stuff. This was just straight well, up beautiful mind. We'll see. We'll see. Well, but tell, tell us so, about so the let's commercial. Get to, let's get to the commercial. So right. um, I have like 200 tenants myself. I pride myself on knowing all the ins and outs of commercial leases on how to manipulate them, on how to change them for the benefit of either party or whatever. And so, I'm new to commercial. And he's new to commercial. I'm more residential. So we had talked about this property and we had talked about the potential add-ons, you know, cause there's four apartments, there's some parking areas, there's all this stuff. We talked about some of the add-ons, but I got stuck on the fact that this person extended the lease for four years and Nima looked at it and he didn't, in all fairness to me, it didn't come out right away. It took him a few days or a week or so for him to see this, okay, because we were talking about other areas. But do you want me to say where it is or do you want to say it? No, no, you can say it. But right. guys, I credit myself to the fact that I thought of it. Yeah, he did. And, I and I'm only residential. Wait, 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 I'm I do give him credit. So, so the lease, so the, the building had room for like 30 cars parking. Let's just okay. say. 14. Okay. Okay, 14 car parking. So the lease that was extended. Saturate everything. Okay. You're like 30. The lease that was extended by that barbershop didn't have any parking in it. It oh. was silent on parking. Okay. Okay. I didn't recognize the fact that it was silent on parking. And I knew that we could charge for parking outside of that because we had talked about charging for parking outside of that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really think, oh, here you go. You have a captive tenant who parks here and you can just now close off the parking lot and be like, you can't park here. So that's the part that Nima caught that I didn't catch, and I kicked myself for not catching that. But so that impressed me. Did it bring that person up to like market rate or to something that oh, you well, felt? It had the potential of recovering almost seventy percent of that lease failure. Okay, and yeah. that was just the beginning. So yeah. what I did was now oh, this poor tenant. <laughs> we're, let's talk commercial. And what I did no, with residential. <laughs> so the 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 commercial the the parking spots it costs like thirteen hundred bucks to it's called striping your parking lot right. And it's like, guys, use your head. Like something that just seems that simple usually is that simple. Like it's not rocket science to draw a line on the floor of a property. So wait, it costs $1,300 <coughs> for them to walk with that little that little thing? Yeah, yeah the parking lot. I could have done that. that that's about, it's about 1000 to 1300 right? Eric, fair? What? 1000 to $1,300 to stripe. Yeah. Taking that little thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. just walking with it? So okay. I, 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 instead of doing all of that, I go on Amazon. And first off, I get there and it's a parking wazoo because there's a restaurant next door. Mm. And this restaurant is parking like nonstop there. So I go there a couple nights and I start calling the police and I'm ticketing cars that shouldn't be parked there. There's appropriate signs, everything. So I'm beginning to set the tempo that there's, after I've closed, that there's a new sheriff in town, right? Now, now that I've done that, I go on Amazon and I order a striper for myself. It was like 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. Right, so I bring my worker and I look up these city ordinances. It has to be minimum nine feet wide, eighteen feet long, and I stripe the entire parking lot. 
Like, it's not rocket science to figure out how to maximize your space. So now that I've striped. Now I understand why we've been going stripe crazy in all parking lots, but go ahead. Well, okay. I mean, I bought the equipment and I had the guy. Right, so right, right. look, honestly, right. like Eric's kind enough. My, I own a building in Hackensack as well. And I don't have parking. Eric lets me park in there. It wasn't going crazy. Right. Like I had the time and the guy, like why wouldn't I do it, right? So anyway, so we go and I striped a lot. I order everyone's signs. I go to the restaurant next door. And I put him in competition with the barber, with the with the with the tenant next door. So that, he's raffling so off who, parking. Who spots. wants parking? So remember, these guys have, are in conflict. We now have, thanks to Noel, we have fourteen parking spots. <laughs> we have fourteen parking spots, right? All of which were not generating any income right. before. Some of them were dedicated to the to the barber shop. Just they were just using outside, willy nilly. They were just right. using it willy nilly. And you know, when we talked about it, we had discussed that was a form of extra of rental income. So, 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 you know, and by the way, we'll, we'll get to the residential portion of it, but um, I took the residential rent roll and I made it 400. But focus on the parking spots. Right. So with the parking spots, I go, I stripe and I order, it's like $35 for an aluminum sign, right? I order signs and now everyone has reserved parking. So if this business wants the parking spots, which it, it could satisfy its business needs, I'm not kicking them out. I'm not, they could park on the street. They just gotta pay. Right? They gotta so pay. I, <coughs> and I, I gave them a deal on more. Right, because the restaurant next door wanted something. I said, "Look, they want it. I gave it to my tenant for less to support his business, but he knew now that I have. There's a market for these spots because next door wanted. I, I even had the signs ordered and delivered. I lost two hundred bucks on signs, but I would rather service my tenant in the long run. So now I brought his tenant right to almost market. I could probably still get more, but it's close enough where I'm comfortable. Striped the parking lot. Every residential got a reserved spot. Right." I clean the lot up, power wash the building. We're gonna give it a coat of paint. Really just aesthetically making the place nicer. Today they're installing new floodlights and lights above the door for safety reasons. Because when you own a commercial property that has a larger parking lot area in the back or on the sides, yeah. you know the last thing you want is there being some kind of assault or and I'm, there, there's no history of it, right? But to say there was in, there was there wasn't good lighting or you didn't have like you you have to look at little things like this as a landlord, right? Where if you just see a building and it's making money, you don't just walk away from it. Look to yourself and say, hey, right at the outset, what can I do that maybe minor but will make my property a better property so i had the whole thing power washed i've had a dumpster worth of stuff removed another dumpster coming in clean the yard up we're going to paint the whole place again make it nice rip out all the old wires that belong to ancient technology mm. just clean the place up but the most important thing was the lights because the lights weren't functioning right. and well, how much money did you generate by renting the parking spots oh so i i increased my rent for that unit 40 percent Okay, so you had let's say fourteen spots. You rented a thousand. You rented ten spots for a hundred dollars each. I've increased yeah. I increased okay. my revenue forty percent on so the dumb it down. So you rented you rented ten spots for a thousand dollars. Okay, so you just generated a thousand dollars more of rental income per month. That's just on the parking. Let's make it even okay. less. Let's say I rented five spots for five hundred. Why am I making that as an example? A lot of you guys would see a commercial property that you know is valuable. And say, well, who gives a shit about five hundred dollars, right? But this is where you're all wrong. Mm -hmm. Five hundred dollars a month times twelve is six thousand dollars a year. Yes, six thousand dollars a year is either a good portion of your property taxes mm -hmm. or your insurance, right? And even looking at that aside, if you take a property and you find a way to add five hundred dollars a month, which may be too, too even insignificant for you to think of, this is where you're stupid. You just increase the value of your property sixty thousand dollars because at a ten cap rate. 
6,000 times 10 is $60,000. So on a cap rate basis, by renting out a couple of spots or finding a way to make an extra 500 bucks a month on a property that's generating significantly more money than that, you just added 60 grand to the value of your property if you ever wanted to sell it. Maybe more, that's at a 10 cap. Most properties trade at a five cap. If you're trading at a five cap, you just added $120,000 of value at 500 a month. Or if you want to refi it, then you added you 100, said 120 uh, grand because yeah. they're going to yeah. look at it at a five cap. Yeah. Yep. So now you have $120,000 more to borrow on. So if they lend you 50 LTV, right. you just borrowed 60,000 more dollars off 500 bucks a month. Right. So he generated money from the parking spots. He solved the, t in the issue with the commercial tenant. Let's go over to the to some of the residential. So, so this is where you are excited, the residential. This is where we didn't have the same. We won't go same, into too many details on that, yeah. right? But We didn't have the same playing or same mindset here. So for me, when you have a, a residential property, it's very hard to get residential tenants out. Mm -hmm. They all have to stay there. Um, and Nima had some different strategies that he could use because he was an attorney that maybe someone else wouldn't be able to do as easily. Oh, day six, um, you don't pay me, you go in court. Yeah. So um, there was one- got one legal fees and all that other yeah. stuff, which adds up quick. There was, because remember the existing tenant or the existing landlord put leases on all these. So Nemo was able to work through them, but um, he'll, he'll- Yeah, guys, look, so you have a signed lease. I knew I had these leases. Now the leases are coming into a period where they can start expiring, but I want these guys out. They're paying, they're paying a third of market value. Mm -hmm. I don't want them there. Like they can be the greatest people in the world, which they're not, because honestly, they began to run this property like they owned it, mm. right? Two dumpsters worth of garbage in the back, you know, a storage facility which had, um, uh, utilities in it just filled with shit, right? I brought a guy and I threw it all out. He, this tenant's freaking out. Well, what are you doing? You told me I had this much time. Bro, I'm sorry, I didn't realize your name's on the deed. Get your shit out of here. If you can fit it all in your apartment, by all means. Don't put it on my property. You don't own this lot, you don't own the storage. I didn't rent you out this entire building for your pleasure. Use your apartment. And if you can't fit in your apartment, Go I don't give a shit. Now, a lot of people would, Take issue, right? Because once these tenants start becoming aggressive with them, who have been there for a long time, they, and back, off, sensor, they, get nervous. they back off, right? People are afraid they're not going to get paid. I, I don't get, don't pay me. You kick your ass out even faster. But because he was an attorney, it was just a natural. Mm -hmm. Also, you got to have a little bit of Stugatz, right? Stugatz. I'm not even Italian, Stugatz. but I don't know. I have enough, enough mob movies to tell me to yep. know what that means. You got to be able to look at the guy in the face and be like, courage. You have to have some courage. But get your shit out of here. <laughs> Like, you yep. have to not be afraid to kick someone out because of the rent. When as soon as you need that six hundred dollar rent or ten thousand, whatever that rent number is, and you're afraid to go without it for one or two months, that's when the tenant has the upper hand. Even beyond that, yeah. the moment where you like you let them push you, it's your building. Like, don't be an asshole, but don't let people push you around. Give them what they deserve. Give them what they pay for. Give them the good utilities. Like I put a lot. I've immediately made this place a better place for the tenants. Yeah. I had mm -hmm. a, a exterminator come. They call me. They take. I'm a good landlord, right? But I'm not going to tolerate being taken advantage of. So all this shit's right now in the parking lot. There's a dumpster coming. He's got a day to figure it out. He thought he had a week. I changed my mind. He had a day. I don't owe him any time limit on when he can get his crap out of common areas. Right. So at the end of the day, if you don't push it, no one's going to go out of their way to, to make that change. And well, also you used him as an example, too. So there's then, no example. They don't give no, no but I'm saying everyone else when they say, well, we're just going to leave our stuff here. We're going to do this, that and the other. They're like, Nima doesn't play because look at what happened to Billy over there with all of his Billy know, with the good hair <laughs> with all of garbage his breeds, electric garbage equipment. breeds garbage. You can't let garbage mm. sit. It breeds mice, it guys. It yeah, ruins yeah, your yeah. building. Yeah. It breeds mice. Mm. Right. So now I've I've effectively taken my 
the the apartments, which are, were the larger portion of this, that that were just being ignored because we thought, okay, we can raise the rents to a certain number. I, I went 700% over that number. I took my entire rent roll, and when I'm done, I will be up 400% on my rent roll. Wow. <clears throat> so I'm up 400. I've turned this place into like, like a like a 40 cap, right? He, he was able to do that with some creative lawyer stuff that not everybody could do. But also day six. So I went typically, there. Typically, I, when you have a commercial, uh, sorry, a residential lease, each municipality has rent regulations, mm -hmm. um, which limit what you can raise it. So in this area, the rent, the rent regulation was 4.5%. Unless you renovate. Unless you renovate or unless you get them out or unless something happens. So I get them out and I actually renovate. I drop four or $5,000 into each apartment. Brand new kitchen, nice new bathrooms. Put money into your property, guys. It's yours. Yeah. Okay? Right. Don't don't be afraid to invest capital into your property. Like right now, I don't have to do anything. I I've got my rent roll. Right. The other units aren't empty yet for me to do the full conversion. But I have had a guy there every day this week, either pouring cement, fixing the the, the driveway. My goal is in the next sixty days, I'm I'm going to be done with this property. It's going to be at the point where I want it to be, maybe ninety, and I'm not going to touch it for the next couple of years because I have my rent roll coming in. Mm -hmm. Right. But <coughs> I brought it to that. And yeah. also the the commercial tenant had, I think, less of an umbrage of paying me more when I approached him. Well, first he realized he's going to lose it all to the chicken spot next door. But other than that, I think his, he saw that immediately there's work being done to the building. So if you're a landlord and you're putting money in, guys, you can confidently tell people, I'm putting money into this and your, your rent just doesn't justify what yeah. I need. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I want a good building. Like if you want a rundown building, that's fine. Go rent it somewhere else. I'm going to make this a good building that costs money, so you got to pay your share, right? I, it's not a charity, and you have to not be afraid to do that. So we took this property that otherwise, let's let's assume hypothetically, it was generating $3,800 a month in rent cumulatively, right, which is barely covering expenses and taxes. You know, we're at $9,000 now. That's a significant change, big, guys. Big, big, big improvement. Massive right? improvement. He can go other than the environmental issue. Oh, what did you do about that? Nothing. I'm going to put in a bunch of buckets and dump it in Eric's backyard. That's a joke, by the way. Issues. I'm not going to do that. You know, we don't even know what the issue is. There's some there's some potential challenges, but you don't really have guys, to do anything. 40, 50, yeah. 100,000. Yeah. Look at the numbers I just told yeah. you guys. Mm -hmm. Where I'm net, if I net out $90,000 a year so on this How do investment. we get how do we get residential tenants? Let's let's be more specific on that. Give us some pointers. How do we change over residential tenants for that for the average person who's not a lawyer who doesn't have uh, the ability to out? litigate or to um, quote different? You can laws if, you, if you're not an LLC, if you're, you can do it yourself, but you do need a lawyer otherwise. You guys just you need to understand that what's the best way of saying it? They need to come to you. You don't need to come to them. Remember that. They need to come to you. You don't need to come to them. Wait a minute. What do you mean by that? It means that most landlords run and chase the rents. They go to the doors. They're calling you. The first comes, they don't pay. You have a grace date till the fifth. The fifth comes, they don't pay. You're halfway, if not three quarters of the way through the month, and you're trying to work with these people because you want them to pay, right? <coughs> and you're following up. You don't owe them shit. You've, every day that goes by, you provide the product, Yes. right? It's their obligation to pay for the product if they want to use it. You don't have to go to them. Your lease should say, mail me my check on the 1st. I'm giving you a couple days because the post office sucks, and you have until the 5th, right? But I need my money by then. And guys, at 
11.59 p.m. on the 5th of each day, log on to speedyevic.com if you're in New Jersey, and there's a program that will just get it done for you. It'll even assign you a lawyer. Hold on, is that operating? <laughs> it's up. It's, it's up. Is it it's really called Speedy Evict? Yeah, yeah. Long story about that. We'll have another podcast on that. But anyway, when that happens, right, if you don't have a lawyer, there's websites that do that, like speedyevict.com. or to do our, our um, evictionmanagement.com. Do our center for, for real estate uh, people get a discount? Yes, they do. All right, awesome. awesome. $4. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll talk about that. Speedy but, of it. <clears throat> so, guys, so you log on and file. Mm -hmm. File. What do you have to lose? Yo, if they're not paying you by the 5th, guess what? You're probably not going to get paid that month anyway. Right? I, I went up to one of these ladies. Uh, listen, and this is an important lesson. Right? I knock on the door. It's the third. Give it a third. I said, so who is it? Landlord. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I've been saying that since I was like, like nine years old when my dad used to send me to collect land. Every time I feel like I'm like Joe Pesci in that movie. Right? Like, who is it? Landlord. Right? Like, just, I just feel horrible saying it. Yeah, but how else am I going to identify myself? Nima, Mary, Esquire. No, like property, I'm your landlord. Property manager. No, I'm a landlord. <clears throat> so I go. She goes, open the door. I'm uncomfortable. Guys, never go into someone's apartment. Oh, you told me about this. Right? Keep if you're going. a landlord... Like, even if they invite you, say, come in, do not ever go into someone's apartment, especially if you know they're alone, they're a different gender. Be Always be cognizant and always be safe. You don't mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. So I won't go into her, this apartment, right? I know, uh, you know, there's someone in there. It's a female voice. There's studios. I'm uncomfortable. I won't go into her apartment. So she's open the door. Okay, I'll open it from outside. I crack it open a little bit. I say, this is the landlord. She goes, I, I realize that she's in bed. She sits up. She's got her blanket on her. Totally fine. She goes, come in. I won't go inside, right? She keeps saying, come in. I'm, like, I'm not going to go in. I'm like, I'm a landlord. I'm here for rent. Do you have your rent? She goes, no. She goes, I get paid uh, tomorrow. Well, I don't give a shit when you get paid. Your rent was due three days ago. Like, maybe you should have saved it from your last paycheck. Like, well, I didn't realize that somehow nice. my rent is based off of your pay schedule. Like, I'm so sorry for inconveniencing your shitty budgetary abilities, right? But you're the landlord. Your bills are due on the first. So they got to figure out how to get on your schedule. Don't get on theirs. Good point. So mm -hmm. anyway. <clears throat> there is all truth to that, by the way. Even though he sounds really aggressive, it's it's true. Your, your credit card bills, if you don't pay them on time, you get that late. 20% interest. Yep. But what if what if she had come to you like on the 28th and said, um, Fine. I, I won't have it until this day? Would you have if, still if, been like, if she you? If she was a tenant who pays her rent on time most of the time, calls me and says, hey, I got a problem. I need okay. to like the you second week or third week of the month. Okay. I was like, I'm just in a jam. I had some expenses that I didn't expect to come up. I had to pay some medical bills. Listen, no problem. But just understand that you may run into an issue. Then on the following month, I don't yeah. want this to be recurring. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you can't pay both months back to back, tell me right now. I want the other month on time so we get back on schedule. Correct. I'll work okay. with you on this month. Pay me half and we'll pay me, plan you the rest over the yep. next couple yep. months. Yep. I'll work with you. If you're if you're honest with me and you tell me what's up, okay. But don't ever set up a situation where you know then all the rest of the months because it's like dominoes that collapses. Yeah. Get try right. to try to get them back on schedule and whatever they've missed payment plan. So them. back to how you got the rent up. All right. So anyway, oh, wait, no, back to the woman. So I'm walking it through. So I won't right. go. I won't go in. Um, leave. She goes. Come back tomorrow. It's not my obligation to go back. I'm not. I'm not your gopher. I'm not your Uber rent. Like I'm here. <laughs> you have Uber rent? No. You should invent Uber rent. It's such a good idea. Yeah, uberrent.com. So, so anyway, so now it comes to a point where I don't have no obligation to go back. Haram was due the first. I gave her a courtesy visit by the third. There's no law that says you got to go every day and chase your rent down. It's her job to pay me my rent. It's not my job to go collect my rent. All right, so don't forget that. Nothing. The fifth game, 
she didn't make an effort. I filed for eviction, which is great because I need her out. Right. She's got three more months left on the lease. Now, if she comes up with all of her rent, pays it, and if you have a good lease that has attorney fees, additional rent, you know, where she so owed she still hasn't paid. Has no, she but, paid? No, Today but I'm not uh, seventh. Eighth. Eighth. Well, I'm out there knocking on her door every day. She it's had her not chance. Job. It's not, not my job. job. When will they actually evict her? I'll have her out by April. Okay. And simultaneously, I file a small claims lawsuit before the number gets too big mm -hmm. so I can garnish her wages or whatever else. You got to bam, bam. Don't wait for the other. Well, you know where she lives and you can serve her. Hit them and run. Is it more not cost wrong. effective to do these things? You're a lawyer, so you're not, you know. Like, Even if I wasn't a lawyer, you could still do these if you're not owned by an LLC. So small claims lawsuit, what's the max? Uh, now it's 5,000, used to be three. Okay. So if you're on top of your game and you're only one month behind, most people will have access to it. You get hurt pretty quickly. So quick if someone knows you 10, can you file? Special civil. But can I file for five if they. If you can, you're waiving the rest waving of the rest. Okay. But file for special civil, you'll still be going to trial within 90 days. Oh, wow. Right? So you structure it this way, you're on top of your game, you file it. Now, I was actually expecting her to live out her lease. It was a bonus that I got to kick her out sooner at a ridiculously low rent. Well, so, guys, you can't. Stay, but. You have to fall within the law. If you have tenants who are low on rent, you really can't do much to kick them out because you're violating laws, right? You can't terrorize your tenants, you can't force them out. All you can do is strictly follow the law and give no leniency. There's nothing illegal about following the law to the T. Because that's it. The law doesn't build in that you should be, you know, jolly the giant, green giant. Like, But when you go to court, if she has money or if she's able to get she, some of it, won't the judge say, well, let's work with her? Because no, don't the judge no. want people to stay in? No. Every yes. municipality is different. No. Okay. The answer is no. The answer is strictly no. There's... There's tons of case law on this. A court cannot make a better contract than you've negotiated for yourself. The court has no authority to change or amend your contract okay. unless it's illegal, at which point then they don't amend it, they strike those portions that are illegal. In this context, no. If they come up with all the money that you allege is owed and that's correct under the contract, what does that mean? That attorney's fees and all the additional surcharges you have are marked as additional rent in your lease? Then yeah, you don't have much of a choice. If you come to court with a check and say, this is everything that he complained that I owe, I've paid it off. Case ends, okay. court loses jurisdiction. Now, if they wanna argue about what you owe, okay. And if the court says you owe it anyway, you get locked out. As soon as you get locked out, you have no obligation to take their money. If you accept a dollar from them, you have to let them back in. Yeah. So if they owe ten thousand and they give you eight hundred dollars, you say, "Look, give me eight hundred. If you don't pay the balance till your lockout, you're out." No, they took that eight hundred. Lockout's over. Yep. It's over. It's done. You got to start from scratch. Okay. When so you lock people out, what happens to all their stuff? Oh, I put it in a dumpster and light it on fire. I'm just joking, guys. You That's a complete 30, joke. Do not ever do that. That's a, like violating nine put laws. It in storage, and you have thirty days. You have to pay for a storage facility for thirty days. Okay. If you're residential. If you're residential, commercial, you know, I don't think you have to do anything. No, okay. it's called New Jersey's Abandoned Property Act, mm -hmm. where it's deemed not deemed abandoned until after a certain period of time. You can charge them for storage fees, okay. but realistically speaking, like go to your lawyer, ask for an order for orderly <laughs> removal, which deems everything is abandoned afterwards. Huh. So wait, let's go back to <clears throat> so you're following everything to a T. Right, so that's how you're getting these people. What other, how, what other strategies are you using? So guys, look for rent in every avenue you can. Hold on, let's stay on Resi. So, because <clears throat> I have, I have a way to get rid of people. Yeah, but I can't gas bomb people. Gas bomb people? What's you know that? Eric's strategy. What is it? What He's thinking mean? about it. He doesn't even know. I don't even know. But I don't know, but I don't like it. So yeah, I'm where, too brown where, to say where, gas where, bomb. Where <laughs> As a Middle Easterner, I don't think I can say where, that. Where I'm going to go is you can offer people a buyout. Okay. Okay. No. Yes. No. Never okay. do that. Why? Never. Never do you that. You can totally do that. Don't do that. Don't you do totally that. Totally do that. You Why? Can say, look, 
I'm going to renovate. I need to renovate. We have issues in the building. We have a lot of problems here. That's a New York thing. You don't have to do that in Jersey. You can still do it in Jersey. You could offer someone, look, hey, you know, I'll give you $2,000, please. I'll help you find another apartment that's better because this apartment sucks. And then you can get them out that way. If you know that you have a long... I offer that. I I filed for eviction. You didn't offer. No, not a buyout. This is what I did. I don't like to take money out of my pocket and give it. When they're already behind... Yes, you can <laughs> offer to waive past late fees. Okay. That's, that's a great way no, to get No, past rent. Past I was rent, like, bro, you owe yeah. me two months rent. I was like, don't even worry about it. Just get the hell out. Yeah. And he's like, no, just give me till the end of the month. I'm like, well, that's the end of your lease. Like, this is the funniest conversation I've ever had with this moron, right? <laughs> so I, I, I fall an eviction on this idiot tenant who literally paid me late, uh, didn't pay me, and I fall on a fur eviction, and he acknowledges I owe him this money. This dodo bird calls me and goes, well, I need to stay till the end of this month. It's too hard to move out this fast. And I'm like, he's like, I can maybe get on a payment plan with you. And I'm like, okay, no. Like, why don't you just get out now? You're not obligated to get payment plans. No, I'm like, get out now. I was like, I'll do you solid. I'll waive what you owe me and just leave. And he's like, no. So we were back and forth on this for a couple of weeks. This is how stupid this guy is. So he calls me again. He goes, look, just let me stay till the end of the month. I was like, dude, your lease ends at the end of the month. I have court before then. I was like, I was like, I don't think you understand how negotiation works. I was like, you're getting everything you want and I get nothing I want. You don't pay me what you owe me. You got a payment plan. So it's not even like you're going to pay me off in one shot and I have my money. So you want a payment plan and you want to stay as long as you want. I was like, in return for what? What do I get? Right? I get nothing. Like, why would I say yes? I was like, you know what? At the end of this, what I'm going to get is an eviction. And guess what? Good luck finding another apartment Mm because that stays on your credit for like 10 years. Really? (laughs) Nobody will rent to you if you have an eviction on your record no landlord wants to deal with two headaches mm-hmm. someone else locked you out they don't want to deal with that too yep. so the mo- i'm like i'm like uh, you can avoid all of this and not pay me two months rent just get out mm-hmm. he's like well i need till the end of the month i was like you lazy bum you live in a studio pack your shit and go but he's leaving no i'm gonna lock him out okay so he's, I- I'm d- he's getting locked out okay. he wants to stay till the end of the month then what on the last day he's gonna be like oh, bye oh, cool i already got my lockout fuck your credit yeah like honestly, like be like. Look, if someone gives you're gonna you, have a lockout before the end of the month. His brain was like, "No, just give me everything I want." That's not how a negotiation. Did works you use speedyeviction.com <laughs> to get it done? Yeah, they're so good. Okay, so uh, let's let's be let's, fair. Give people good deals, okay. but don't let people's stupid logic overcome you. All right, right, so we're back to rent parking spots. Look at leases to see if parking's available. Look for ways to create and generate extra money. Look and at how cut, to get out tenants and replace them with new ones. How do you cut expenses? How do you well, mm. you didn't cut expenses here. I did. What? All the stoves are now electric. What do you mean that they weren't electric before? You put all new stoves in? I did. You didn't tell me that. I did. Ah. So for part of my renovation, every unit, so the gas has one everyone has separate electric meters, right? Gas runs throughout the building. So the gas bills on me. They're responsible for electric. There's no obligation to be gas or electric stove. I capped off the gas line. I ordered them a brand new kitchen, beautiful stainless steel appliances. And guys, at the end of the day, if you go buy these shit appliances for $500 or pay $800 for nice stainless steel, don't be cheap. Pay a couple more bucks, but give your client, give your people a good product, right? Yes, that'll so, last longer. Like, yeah, and make, make, make the place nice. Like, don't be cheap. But the reality is that they're all, it's all electric now. So now where I had a higher gas bill, I don't. It now moves to the tenant who's responsible for those utilities. Mm. So they're going to be more conservative and they're going to care more because now everything is electric. There you the go. The refrigerator is electric. The stove is electric. The microwave is electric. Would the refrigerator the be gas? The heat is electric. 
That's actually a brilliant idea. I didn't even think of that. And they're actually there you go. You change it. The way in the now, but just so you know, RJ, I'm going to give you an, I'm going to give you an argument. The fridge, right? Yes. The well, but gas. you don't plug in, you don't hook up the fridge to gas. But in any event, that actually is considered a rent raise. So if you were to go and argue that, you're creating an extra utility cost for that person that really? wasn't there in the initial lease. So a savvy tenant could argue against that. What but the they won't. Well, let's not put that in. You can't charge people for water if it's not in their lease. Sure. If you add the charge of but, water, that's part of your But if electric increase. was in their lease. But you're taking an appliance that used to be gas and converting it to electric, thus adding an expense. And I think a good attorney like yourself would no, be able to I argue that. Make that argument. No, if you were fighting for the tenant, you would. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Totally, you totally is there, would. Is there municipal law that says that's a re considered a rent increase? It is a rent increase. It's anything that affects the rent increase portion. Says who? All right, the we law. need to. We're gonna get. Oh, we're gonna get to last words about how we're adding value, and we're gonna we're gonna get to last words. So give your last words on how, on what you feel people should be adding value to their to guys. Their multi my last words: be the change you want to see in your cap rate. Don't let the cap rate <laughs> be the change you want to see in the world. Love it. Don't rely on other people. Use your brain to come up with other avenues. Always look, as we talk about, look look from above, look from the side, look from below, look everywhere at that property and see what other options you can to, uh, the options you have to make to make more money out of it. So, awesome. subscribe. So, oh, yes. Oh. Yes. Well, well, my thing is watch the remix. No, no, give your opinion. Give your opinion. Well, my after hearing this, what is your opinion now on something like this? What's your takeaway? My takeaway is that there's always a way to make something work for you. I mean, being creative, like being that. creative with the financing, being creative with getting people out, being creative with the parking. You can't keep yourself locked up in a little box saying this is the way things are done. You have to look outside and be like, well, what can I do? We're always trying to find creative solutions to everything. Always, always. Do it. Always, always. So remember. But subscribe. Subscribe. So that way you can find the creative <laughs> solutions. And you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, every everywhere where you get your podcast. And then maybe you'll get That's the next where we are. instead of Nima getting it. Not going to happen. <laughs> you can't get to this. So remember, if Thank you visualize you it, you can own it. See you next time. Bye.